Hello, everybody. Welcome to GK for Free, the podcast where we try to deliver free goalkeeping content that adds value, uh, that tries to help somebody out there that might not otherwise have access. Um, today's episode, episode number six, Will Marshall and myself, Hunter Gilstrap, will be sitting down with assistant coach for the University of Pittsburgh and goalkeeping coach Michael Bahanik, also goalkeeping coach for the Pittsburgh Riverhounds right now. Um, And we'll be sitting down with Mike and we're going to talk recruiting. We're going to talk um, about what it takes to be a goalkeeper at the Division I ACC level. Uh, What is he looking for? Uh, What are some things to watch out for? Uh, And what are some tools that you can be using uh, to help to better um, position yourself um, to play at this level, if that's something that's a goal for you. So we hope you enjoy today's episode. Uh, If you do, please share it with your friends. Um, Subscribe and uh, leave us a review. Enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to GK for Free, uh, the podcast where uh, we talk about goalkeeping. And uh, out there that maybe don't have access to the information, or maybe those that do and want to learn more about the position, um, my name is Hunter Gilstrap. Uh, I'm here with the co-host Will Marshall, and today we are going to be hanging out with a good friend uh, and fellow goalkeeper coach, former professional player as well, Uh, currently the goalkeeper coach at the University of Pittsburgh on the men's soccer team, as well as actually, I don't know how many people will know this now, but he's also working as the goalkeeper coach for the Pittsburgh Riverhounds pro team this season, Um, Mike Bahanek. Mike, you there? Yes, I'm here. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. <laughs> Great, man. Great. I'm so happy to have you. Uh, I think this is going to be pretty cool. We are we are going to get right into it today because I think we do a better job when we try to stay sort of on on topic. And, and the more we can keep me from talking, the quicker we can go. Um, not that it's that important that we go quick, but I uh, don't want to waste your time because I know you're a super busy guy, especially these days. Uh, so, Mike, why don't you – that's so weird calling you Mike. I don't know that I've ever called you Mike. Yeah, uh, I, I, never, I definitely you, never have. <laughs> I always call you Bahanic, and I feel like everybody else calls you Bahanic, so um, probably just do that. Most people uh, probably know me as Bahanic anyway, so. Yeah. Yeah, so when you introduce yourself to, like, someone new, do you say, hi, my name's Mike? Michael, no, Michael, Bahan- Michael Bahanic? Bahanic, but I think it slowly fades away. The first name and the last name kind of sticks because it's different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's different different it's not it's not even the easiest name to say but i mean no, I most, most, many people teachers... but, most people butcher it but it's yeah. okay as long as i know you're talking to me it's it's all good yeah yeah all right well good we're definitely talking to you today um even though we're having crazy technical difficulties before this but we'll do our best here so um why don't you give us the i don't know if you can do this but if you can give us like the five minute you know kind of who is Michael Bahanek, a um, little bit of your story and, you know, how you got to where you are now. And, um, I mean, you do so many things and you coach in so many different arenas and have so much valuable experience that I don't know if you can do that, but I'd like to hear you try to do it. Yeah, well, I guess I'll start, you know, in college, right? I went to American University in Washington, D.C. I uh, was fortunate during that time to train almost every summer with D.C. United. Uh, got drafted by them. Uh, in the sixth round of the MLS draft, 
there is no more six rounds of the MLS draft, so I probably would have been undrafted um, if that was the case. Um, spent a short stint at DC United, but really started my pro career at uh, Charleston Battery. Uh, spent three seasons there. We won a championship, uh, USL championship. Maybe it was called the A-League back in those days. Mm-hmm. Um, spent three seasons there before moving on to the MLS again. Uh, spent a year with the New York Red Bulls. Um, after that time, the New York Red Bulls ended up with the Virginia Beach Mariners while in preseason uh, went defunct. Uh, owner ran out of money and uh, then ended up with the Puerto Rico <laughs> Islanders. Uh, with Colin Clark, who was the coach of the Virginia Beach Mariners at that time for three seasons, um, playing in you know, the Conquest really Champions weird League in the U.S. South. This. Yep. I don't know if I ever told you this. Did I ever tell you that I almost also played for Virginia Beach that year? Like I went on on trial before they had a little mini camp before the season started, and I went in there and they made me an offer, and I ended up going to Cleveland instead. But we're, we're yeah, close I didn't, to I didn't know that, being, but that's it teammates on a team that didn't happen (laughs) (laughs) we went six weeks in preseason without getting paid and then uh it went uh it went away so spent three years at the puerto rico islanders with the concave champions league which was an awesome experience there playing in different countries playing in uh some pretty high level competitive games against mls teams and and teams from jamaica trinidad mexico costa rica panama um got injured there which ended my career um broke my hand pretty badly and that ended my career and then was fortunate enough to get my first job at the University of Virginia um, as an assistant coach and goalkeeper coach there. Uh, spent a number of years there uh, with George Gilnavach and staff and then moved on to Penn State uh, University from there. Uh, spent almost three years at Penn State before uh, Jay asked me to join this uh, project here at the University of Pittsburgh. And I've been here ever since. Um, the Pittsburgh Riverhounds called me this summer when one, when their goalkeeper coach uh, had to leave town um, and asked me if I'd join for the remainder of the season because they didn't have a goalkeeper coach. And with the uncertainty of whether we would have a season this year, I, uh, I've i joined right. them and I've been with them for the last seven weeks. And We'll be with them for the remainder of the season while, uh, you know, also doing double double duties with them while uh, doing my, I guess, day job, as you may call it, uh, with the Pittman soccer and, you know, where, where I've been here for the last almost five years. Um, so it's been it's been uh, busy, as Hunter said, but uh, in a good way. Um, yeah. Also, I've had some really... Uh, interesting experiences working with the youth national teams over the last couple of years, which has been uh, a very, very fortunate situation there of being able to be called in and represent your country and, and work with some of the best coaches and players in the country. So really fortunate to be part of that as well over, over the last couple of years. Yeah. And, and no, the, then the little experience that I've got to have with that, you know, I did a camp back in 2017 and then got invited to do another one, uh, tournament trip in 2018 and it wasn't able to go to that one but my only you know opportunity that I've had there was because basically because of you so I appreciate that and I appreciate the you know you opening that door for me and you know had I decided to stay in this thing kind of full go I, I you know would want to continue to pursue that but uh, I'm, I'm enjoying my new life and my new world and doing <laughs> these new things and still keeping my toes in the water of uh, of 
of soccer right now with the Riverhounds uh, Youth cool. Academy stuff. And that's about I all I got time for. I am trying to fill your big shoes here as a Pittsburgh Riverhounds goalkeeper coach <laughs> with all the success that you had. So uh, hopefully I don't mess that up. Ah, well, I appreciate that. But, you know, you and I both know that that guy, that guy there that's running the ship does a pretty good job of, of getting his goalkeepers to perform well. Uh, no matter who they are, which is crazy. And we'll maybe talk a little bit about that if we have time at the end. But kind of the thing that I really want to touch on um, with you, and, and hopefully down the road we can have you back on again and we can get into some more stuff. But kind of specifically right now, um, you know, I think as we're building an audience here, I think a lot of, a lot of our listeners are, are youth athletes or high school goalkeepers or, you know, young goalkeepers with aspirations of wanting to be a college goalkeeper. And um, you – you know, you're at everybody knows the ACC is the highest level of college soccer, right? So, um, and now Pitt, it's taken, you know, four years now, but I feel like you guys have really finally established yourself as a top performer, you know, in the ACC, which is exactly what Jay did, Davidovich did at Wake Forest. And, you know, I think it's just been part of the progression. And now Pitt, you know, Pitt, you guys are on your way to being that. And potentially, I think, you know, could be the top team in the ACC this year, you know, if not this year, um, but certainly soon. Um, and maybe that's hyping you up too much, but it's, it's been fun to kind of watch from, from the sidelines. Um, so I feel like you've got a great perspective on, you know, what the makeup of, of the goalkeepers that you're looking for, um, you know, and especially now in this really strange, you guys are in a, this extended dead period, right? Recruiting's weird. It's different than it's ever been before. Um, so just like to touch on some of those things a little bit. Um, and I guess, I guess we'll just kind of start off with sort of, um, you know, let's say you're looking for a goalkeeper, you know, three years down the road or 20 class of 2023 or 2024, something like that. Like what, what's going to pique your interest? What are going to be the, what's the, and I know this is a, something that goes so many different directions, which is why I think it's going to be kind of a fun discussion, but, um, some of the attributes you're looking for in that ACC level potential pro goalkeeper um, that could come in and really perform well for you guys. Yeah, and I think recruiting is a loaded question, you know, because each program has different needs and wants. Um, I think each coaches have different needs and wants of what they want. I think the interesting piece here is, is Will's been on the inside of, of what yeah. we have. You know, Will, yeah, we Will didn't even mention that yet, leaving Will out in the cold. Uh, yeah, Sorry, I really. meant to say that. No, it's all good. It, it just <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> we'll when, when, we, when we took over, you know, Will, Will was on the team and, you know, was mm -hmm. a part of us for a couple of seasons before he moved on. And that's a – I think that's another interesting conversation to have, you know, with the conversation that Will had when he did move on um, to yeah. Westchester and, and – uh, maybe honest conversation that him and I had of what may be best for his future. Um, you know, with, with what I saw or what we saw here at Pitt and, you know, how, how it's all played out for him. So we can go into that another time, but, you know, I, I think the, the biggest thing is what's the fit in your locker room, right? And what's the fit right. in our locker room. And I think Will has seen that in the transformation in his two years here, Absolutely. Um, yeah. in the start of the transformation, but, the biggest non-negotiable for me is the character piece, right? Right. Who you are, the character you you bring each and every day, um, you know, all of those intangible things are something that 
is going to be the beginning and the end of the recruiting process, you know, in, in a lot of ways. So, you know, what, what person fits in your program, what person fits in your locker room, um, and the character piece of that person is, is the first thing. Um, if they don't pass that test, then it doesn't matter your ability. It doesn't matter your mentality. It doesn't matter everything else. Um, right. You know, that, that, that's an important piece there. Um, in, in our locker room, in any locker room that I've been at at the highest level, whether it's the Big Ten, um, the MLS, the USL, uh, the ACC, um, in, in all the locker rooms that, that I've been around. So, you know, that, that's first and foremost what a lot of people, you know, have to understand because we can see you play and we can understand your talents, um, but we're going to do a background check on you in terms of, you know, what you're like every day, what you're going to bring to the table, who you are as a person. Um, you know, that, that's an important piece. So you know, I think that's one thing that always, you know, we can talk about ability, we can talk about talent, we can talk about what you're doing on the field, but, you know, who, who you are as a person is, is a big piece, uh, the, the first big piece. Um, you know, and then there, I think moving on from there, it's, it's who fits your game model, right? Um, I look at it very, very um, easily. You can see it at the, at the highest level. Um, take Pep when he joined Man City, he had Joe Hart, uh, who's a fantastic goalkeeper. Um, but he can't play out the same way that, uh, you know, Pep wants to play. So we moved from Joe Hart to Claudio Bravo, who he had a relationship with and, and understood. And then obviously, you know, he's moved on now to Ederson um, with the way that Ederson can play out of the back. You know, it's, it's part of his game model. I think mm -hmm. Liverpool achieved a lot of success, you know, with um, bringing in Allison. you know. So you look at it at the highest level and what most people see each and every day in the EPL and that that's an easy explanation there is uh right you know how you can how you can expand what you want in terms of your game model you know um but yeah. then you look at the individual right what what individual aspects there you know whether it's the tactical side of the game the technical side of the game the physical side of the game there's psychological side of the game you know those are kind of like right. the four things that most people look at um you know, talent is obvious, right? Um, you know, you can't be, right. you know, being recruited to top programs if you don't have the talent initially. So how does the, how does the fit happen there? You know, I think those are other things to, right. to consider. And, and as most people know, the recruiting side of things is not just straightforward on talent and character. Then you're talking about grades. You're talking about finances. You're talking about... Right. Um, when the goalkeeper position fit, do you need a goalkeeper in a given year? Um, do you have a true number one? Is there an opportunity to compete for the number one spot? Yeah. Are you a goalkeeper that's going to need some development? Um, and I think from the coaching staff, it's the honesty part of, of what you need, um, who we are, and, um, you know, you kind of lay out the cards as they are um, going into the program that, you want the right fit and you want the person to be there for the right reasons. You know, I think that's the biggest thing because right. especially in our position, it's one person plays, two people sit the bench. It's probably the hardest position out of anything because you can't go from a center back to a right back. You can't go from a center forward to a right. winger. It's one spot for three goalkeepers, sometimes four goalkeepers, depending on your roster size. So, yeah. you know, I think there's yeah. a lot of layers that you have to filter in there as well.
Yeah, it's interesting too because you know I think I think a lot of people when they listen, they they're expecting to hear, okay, well we're looking for a goalkeeping profile. We're we're looking for a certain type, whether that's a physical type or uh, you know a style of play. And I know style of play, like you touched on with the you know your your EPL example, for you guys that's a big part of it as well. You need you know just with the ball at your feet, right? That's a big big piece of it. Um, so this is a little bit off script, but what, what are, what are some of your most common channels? I mean, are, are you, are you, are you doing, are you ever, you know, basically evaluating talent that you have no relationship with? Or are you typically going through your network? I, I know that's, uh, you're, you're a relational I, guy. You got a huge network. Yeah. I think you're doing both, right? Your, your job as a, as a staff, as yeah. assistant coaches in any program is to, find the best talent, um, no matter where they are in the world, no matter if they're in your city, no matter if they're in the United States or really it, it's a global game now. You know, there's so many um, American and international players in the college game, whether it's the college game or the professional level, right? Uh, you, we've been at both. So, uh, yes, you're going to use your network because you trust your network. Um, but I've gone to many tournaments where I'm just trying to scour the fields for talent. Uh, you know some going in, right. but, um, you know, the recommendations off of people may not be exactly what you're looking for. And you may find somebody at the field that sparks your interest. And then you now have to, as a coach, do your homework, right? As you said, in this COVID right. era, it's difficult because you're, you can't go watch a practice. You can't go watch a training session. You can't go watch a game. Um, You've become a little bit more of a video analyst, so you have to have kids tape training sessions, tape right. games, you know. I think the, the biggest thing is the highlight tape will give you a little bit of an interest, but you have to then go into and watch training sessions, right. game film. Um, for a goalkeeper, sometimes you go watch a game, you may stand there and do nothing. So right. you, you almost also want to go to their training sessions if possible uh, in our position. Uh, to see what actions they have uh, repeatedly that, uh, you know, you can, you can see because you may show up to a game and you may not be able to see anything based on the opponent right. they play. You always want to go to a game where they actually may lose um, right. because they'll have their most actions and you can see, you know, what's their reaction to a goal they've given up? What's the reaction to a bad play and action they've had? How do they make the right action and the right decision based on the, the situation at hand so um you know as we know our position is sometimes it's one play that's going to make or break the game you're going to be the right. hero or you're going to be the goat um so you're looking at different different actions in different situations there from from that standpoint so yeah it's, it's not just your network your network is is always you're trying to expand it but you know if you're doing your job the right way we're going to as many tournaments and and places that we can and we may be going to see player X, but we are going to come away with player Y. So you never right. know who's watching and you never know who's there. So you have to always perform. Two things on that. Crazy that the software has changed, you know, over the last four or five years. You basically, you know, it was different for me when I was coaching at the pro level. Basically I had access to watching any, any pro player anywhere in the world. And I'm, you know, I haven't been around it as much now in, in the college scene. I'm, I'm assuming you guys are almost getting to that level now with the with the higher youth leagues, and you're able to 
have all my level of access to watching games and person events and all. Uh, always first thing I would go to, first thing I always wanted to see on a new player that I wasn't familiar with, I always wanted to see, I always immediately went to the goals they conceded. And I'd watch 10, 15, you know, minutes of maybe all the goals they conceded as a pro and maybe in college. Uh, just for those things. I wanted to see the mistakes they make because nobody are making mistakes. I wanted to see how they responded, what their body language looked like, all that kind of stuff as well. Um, so that's really interesting. I, I, interesting. I don't know if that's part of your process, but I want to go back to the, the scouting piece, the, the part where you, you said there are still events where you show up at the field, maybe not now in the COVID, this COVID time, but where you show up at a field and, you know, you discover a player that you like or, or, or you're there to watch someone and maybe you find out that you didn't like him as much after seeing him in person. Um, from that physical, because I think, I think that that's a little bit maybe different being at the top tier of college soccer where you guys are versus your, your middle tier or your division two or your division three, where a lot more of those coaches are going to be doing live scouting and, and bringing, taking chances on, on players they don't know, they don't have a relationship with. So, so there's a big performance piece, you know, for a lot of those goalkeepers out there. And I think a lot of the ones that are going to be listening and watching this. Um, so I, want, I want to go two places with that. First, I want to go, you're on the field, you're watching goalkeeper on field one, you turn your back to him and field two, and there's, there's something over here, there's a goalkeeper, you're like, wow, you know what, there's something special about this kid. What are some of those things that might stick out to you that, would, would really make you start to sort of scratch, scratch your head and say, huh, I want to I dig into this kid a little bit more. I want to I see if there's something here. Yeah, I, I, you look at it, right? You see that kid play. You're looking at, you know, their confidence. You're looking at uh, maybe their bravery. You're looking at how they react to certain actions. You know, you're looking at, you know, are, what's the action that happens? Are they, they making the right decision? You know, uh, like you said, maybe it's a game model where you build out of the back. How do they play out of the back? What's their leadership, right, of their team? Um, how do they help a teammate instead of put down a teammate? Um, you're looking at all of those different intangible things um, along with the aspects of making the saves that are important, right? And then if right. you see enough, you're trying to go find out, okay, when's their next game? And right. hopefully you're showing up for the warm-up. As goalkeepers, I'd always show up for the warm-up for a goalkeeper yeah. I'm going to watch. Absolutely. You know, how, how are they taking that? Because they may not have an action in the game. Right. Uh, following up, trying to find some video from the coach, uh, from, from themselves. Um, maybe find a credible, um, you know, network person that you know in that area to say, hey, Hunter Gilstrap is in the goalkeeper coach in Pittsburgh. Do you know this player? Have you seen right. him? What, what is your thought process on them? And, um, you know, you, you, try to, you try to look at all your resources in, in many ways because you may only see that goalkeeper that one time to spark your interest um, to try to see them another time. And it may be the right. one time you see them that turns you off from the way their body language is or, um, you know, what, what happens in that match that you say, yeah, no, I, I, don't, I don't think this is the right fit for us. And, and – that's another thing is the person has to be the right fit, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's not always black and white. Recruiting is subjective, right? It's not by numbers. It's not by that. I may like somebody a little different than Hunter does, than Will does. Um, 
you know, and that's just personal preference, right? right. Um, so, so those are, those are some things. It's not that you're not a good player. It's just maybe that um, the fit for University of Pittsburgh um, is not the right fit for us or me right. uh, or Jay Vidovich and, and the coaching staff here. So, um, you know, that, that's part of the situation as well. Yeah, you, you kind of already touched on the, the other side of the coin of that, like things that might turn you off. And, you know, I, I don't think we got to go into a ton of detail about that. I think, I think a big message for anybody listening out there that this is, you know, a dream or a goal for them is you're kind of, especially now with, with social media and, and the way all this stuff works, like you guys do your homework, you're, you're going you're gonna to vet players. And, and I remember my dad when I was growing up, he was a football coach, college football coach and player and and that was his background. And he was always telling me that, look, you're always, you're always on interview. You know what I mean? There's never, you can't let your guard down. Right. And, and you got to make sure that your character actually is what you're putting out there. Right. But you never know what interaction you may have, what exchange you might have, when you might, someone might be watching. You never know who's watching. You know what I mean? And, and it may not even be that, that you, you know, you, you have some interest in a player for, for, University of Pittsburgh you may never see them in person but you might know very well that that coach you know in that same club that's known this kid since he was 10 who's gonna say well yeah Johnny's very good but you know he thinks he's very good and he's not hard to manage and you can't coach him so I don't, I don't think he's gonna be a fit for you so um I think yeah, that's I think just you really important I think you can't hide right now in, in the world of social media and the world of video and that you, you'll you'll be uh your actions and the way that you do things, you'll be able to be seen no matter what, you know? Right. So how do you consistently be your best each and every day? How do you, uh, you know, show, show up and, and compete and, you know, what's your mindset, what's your mentality each and every day? If I'm not getting a video from you, I'm getting it from somebody else. Um, right. Having conversations with other people. We're very fortunate enough in the ACC to have uh, a large enough budget to, see almost everybody I would probably say see almost everybody not almost but right. see everybody that we're going to bring into the university um, if it wasn't the COVID era but right. some other universities don't have that uh, those resources so how your video how much video you can put together I would also say going if you're really interested in a program going to their ID camps getting right. in front of as many coaches as possible um, if you can you know, financially it is, sure. you know, always the, the kicker. But, you know, if you really dream to go to University of Pittsburgh, right, find a way to get in front of Michael Bahanek, Jay Vidovich, Rich Costanzo. Um, if you uh, aspire to be at a different university, make sure you get in front of those coaches, um, if not once, as many times as possible, and, and, and keep them in a loop of when your games are. Send them game films. You know, we do a lot of work making sure that we're, we're vetting right. The, the right players and the right people to bring into the program. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'll let Will talk about this in a, in a second, kind of any input and feedback he, he has or, or questions you might have for you about that. But I'll be 100% honest in that the, the only reason I was able to play at Clemson, you know, that was above, that was above my pay grade. That was a level I probably shouldn't have been at. I, you know, I was recruited by other kind of mid-major D1s and probably should have ended up somewhere like that. But um, only reason I ended up there is because I spent 
you know, from the time I was in the eighth grade, I would go to their camp every single summer and I would show up at their games and they knew me and they knew my face. And to the point where I was probably pretty annoying to them along the way, because uh, I was such a fanboy, you know, as a, as a 15 year old kid, but, you know, and then I came to camp and they saw that there was something there and, and enough to you know, offer me a, a spot as a, you know, like a recruited walk-on. So and that was enough for me to, to, you know, get my foot in the door and start my whole dream, you know, that ended up in a, in a pro career and coaching and you name it. So and I think there's one no thing excuse. On there. There's no excuse yeah. not to, not to, like you're saying, not to get in front of these coaches. And I think the one thing there that, that most people don't understand also as well is a recruited walk-on. You know, right. most people walk into to a university thinking that they're going to come in there on a full scholarship. Um, right. You know, there's nine scholarships usually for 30 players on a team. So the expectation can't be that of a scholarship. Um, you know, it, it's the expectation that you understand sometimes right. uh, financially you may have to invest. Right. Especially as a goalkeeper, um, I feel like. Especially as a goalkeeper, because you're probably going to have some money into one goalkeeper, and the other two guys will, will will be on no money or financial aid or a situation. And and sometimes, you know, no matter how far the recruiting process goes, it, it always comes down to the financial aspect of it, of whether the family can afford to send that person to a certain university or not, um, and whether the family can invest money um, because a, a right. full scholarship. Uh, is very, very hard to come by, and most people don't uh, offer full scholarships at, at the, the highest levels. Um, right. You know, because you, you cannot give nine scholarships, full scholarships, then you'd have uh, 21 other players you'd have to bring in of yep. quality that would have to be able to, to pay their own way. So they're, that's usually divvied up between um, different players. So, you know, that, that always becomes the, uh, the last part of the recruiting puzzle. And, a lot of times, the, the the part of main part of the decision of whether the kid can attend your university or not, fortunately or unfortunately. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's tricky, and not not a lot of kids understand that, especially when you've been a stud on your you know your development academy team, or you know even had some youth national team experience, right? And and sure, maybe there's a chance that you could get a full ride somewhere, but typically, if you want. That, top tier level, you're going to have to go in there and you're going to have to earn it. You know, it might mean two or three years of, you know, very little money and red shirting and way of return. Um, I think that, I think that goes back to, I think that goes back to the character piece of, of what, you know, we look for is, you know, it may be the guy that's starting on their high school club, uh, club team, academy team, you know, wh wherever you're playing but you may not walk in and here and start, you know, so there's going to be a lot of bumps right. in the road. We, we all know that this position um, is tough. You have to have a, you have to have a strong mindset because only one person plays and two people don't. So you have to keep competing and you have to keep training and you have to keep pushing yourself and you may or may not ever get on the field. So, you know, when you're talking about the right makeup right. of the person, um, you know, showing up every day competing and, you know, to, to be a player in the ACC is a lifestyle. It's not just uh, roll the ball out and um, kick around. You have to watch what you eat. You have to come back in for additional sessions. You've got to watch video. You've got to recover. You've got to do your yep. schoolwork. You've got to show up at study hall. And that's just not the ACC. It's, it's a lot Time of job. college programs yeah. across the country. So, 
um, you know, there, there's a lot of adversity you're going to hit and how you deal with it is an important piece for, for most uh, coaches. Yeah, well, I feel like that kind of sets you up almost kind of perfectly to, you know, kind of interject with some of your own experiences here and, and kind of how that worked with your relationship with, with Bahanak here. And, um, you know, because there are two sides of this and there's there's the piece that we've touched on here of, you know, goalkeepers that are going to have to go, you know, maybe get on, on as a three or a four and, you know, wait for their turn and, and maybe that doesn't even happen. So, Will, yeah. what do you think about that? What, what can you – insight can you lend to that? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the whole last five, ten minutes of what we've been talking about has been almost directly, indirectly describing what I went through. And yeah. uh, so, I mean, even like you said, with Clemson, like getting in front of the, the staff there and going to their camps, I mean, like I did the same thing when I was in high school. And I mean, I didn't really have a clue what I was doing in high school until, uh, mm -hmm. until you know, we met for throughout, you know, in the goalkeeper academy, you were the, the keeper coach at Pitt at the time. And you know, I was going to pit camps and pit was where I wanted to be. Um, those, those where I wanted to go, but it wasn't in the cards per se in at the time. And then an opportunity popped up in January of my senior year. And it was that, you know, a recruited walk on I was going to red shirt. It was kind of a semester by semester basis. And then let me just, let me just, sorry, let me just interrupt real fast too, because yeah. this is also touching on what Mike just said is, you know, the reason that opportunity opened up was because there was another another kid who'd come in his in his freshman year, and it was a no scholarship situation. And for him, it was, you know, it was too much for his family financially. He came in and gave it a shot, but that was, you know, the, and that's touching back on what Mike just said. And because that was sort of too much for them, and maybe not the right fit, he decided to leave, uh, transfer out, and then that opened the door a, a late, very late door for. Um, for Will, for your opportunity. So go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And so, I mean, then, you know, from there, like I was lucky enough to stay the entire four years, you know, that year and a half, and then the two and a half years with the new staff and, you know, kind of get to be a part of the beginning of what Pitt is now. And uh, so, and obviously I mean, we've talked about my story. Like I was there as a backup essentially in the three role pretty much the entire time. And, mm -hmm. you know, that there's – obviously everybody wants to play. I mean, there was never there was mm -hmm. never a time where I was, like, content with not playing. You know, I go out trying right. to be the guy that's on the field every day. But you come to a point where you understand where you are in the, in sure. the team, in the, in the kind of – within the culture, Depth I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know. And so, um, you know, what we established and what – the new staff established was kind of a, uh, you know, a culture where everybody had a role and everyone knew their role and everyone was made aware of their role. And that's extremely important to know that because if you don't, that's when people can kind of, it becomes more individualistic. And then that's, you know, it's, it's all about me and, you know, my playing time right. and what's happening with sure. me. And then so that's not what we, what, what was developing at Pitt and that's not what's there now. You know, it's, it's all about right. for the good of the group. And so, you know, being in that, like I understood my role and, you know, I did my best to still, you know, try to get those minutes on the field, but I also knew what I needed to do on and off the field if I wasn't going to be the guy either. Right. And so, you know, being aware of that and that like, that's kind of, and I, I say all the time, you know, my year at Westchester would not have happened had I not been at Pitt right. for that Absolutely. four years of not playing at all. You know, I, 
even without playing, I still got to develop into the keeper that played in the division two national championship. And so, I mean, yeah, that's, that's yeah, I, yeah. I, and I, I'm going to go on go top of that there. And, and, you know, when we came in, as, as Will said, you know, Will and I had many conversations, right, of, you know, where he needed to be better as a goalkeeper, wh- what his role ultimately was when, when, you know, I found out who Will was. But the one thing is Will showed up every day and Will gave everything to the team. You know, he's a, kind of cliche, but he's, he was the ultimate team player, right? Um, anything we asked of him, he did. He showed up every day and competed. Um, you know, he, he's the guy that is a major part of why our culture is today what it is because what we asked of him, he did. You know, he, he brought other right. people along. You know, I, I, I joke with Will all the time. It was the start of martial fitness, you know, because, um, yeah. you know, in, the, in that sense, you know, at, at a point where we came in, a, a you got to watch what you eat. You got to, you know, get a little fitter in different things. And, you know, those are some observa- early observations I had with Will as, as, along with some individual playing things. But, you know, Will was a guy that showed up every day. He worked extremely hard. Um, he knew where he stood in the team and he understood his role. And he knew that it would probably take something for him to get on the field. Um, you know, some injuries or something or – you know, where he was and where we were at the time. Um, you know, so, right. you know, he's, for me, what Will's become from when I first walked in the door to where he is today, I couldn't be more proud of him, you know? And when when, uh, when we had the conversation, um, you know, after his senior year and he had one more year of eligibility to play, you know, should he stay on a pit and start his masters there or move on and, and play? It was, right. Will, what, what decision do you want? What, what do you want to do? Because we'll gladly keep you here. But if you want to play, you're going to have to go elsewhere, right? If you want to be the number three goalkeeper, right. you can stay here. And we're not kicking you out the door. And, and the right. conversation that Will, had, Will and I had was very, very frank. He's had a very frank conversation with, with Coach Vitovich. And... In, for Will's best interest, you know, moving on, uh, getting his grad school paid for, playing for, um, you know, Westchester in Division Three, and having the opportunity to, to play. Division Two. Um, Division Two. Sorry. Um, <laughs> you know, my my, my apologies. Um, I had to do that for Will. You know, was was an unbelievable thing, and, and obviously, it's a Cinderella story for him. Is that he came back and played in the national championship game back in his hometown. Um, right. You know, but. You know, we picked up the phone. We talked to talked to the coach there. You know, on his behalf, because of what he did each and every day. You know, and it's uh, it's an important piece to know that for all the goalkeepers out there. You know, it's like Will showed up every day, and he was the character kid that we we uh, wanted in the locker room, had in the locker room. He saw many guys come and go in this locker room uh, for for many right. reasons, and, and most of them that they. They didn't fit into to what we were doing or want to be a part of what we were doing. Uh, and, and more guys come in uh, that, you know, started that culture change. But Will and that group were, were the first guys that, that did it. Yeah. Thank you. That's, That's awesome. And, it's, and I love hearing it. Um, we got time for one more, and we're going to have to go kind of quick on it because I, I got another, unfortunately, another appointment for adoption stuff. Um Starting in about a minute, but we can give this one a couple minutes and then we'll, I might pop out and have you close this out. Oh yeah. Um, put you on the spot. 
Um, so we'll end with this and I think we'll come back and we'll have another conversation whenever you get some time again. Cause I think there's just so much good stuff we can talk about, but, uh, kind of last thing, let's, if you could give, you know, maybe one or two things for a, uh, you know, a young goalkeeper out there, you know, who's maybe a sophomore junior right in that starting getting that front end of that recruiting window during this kind of crazy COVID time, one or two recommendations for them uh, that they can do to really kind of set themselves up, uh, you know, to, to market themselves, you know, as a prospect, you know, if they've got the tools and even if they don't, like what, what can they really do to, you know, prepare first, themselves? First, and First of all is do, do the work, right? Get on the websites of the colleges that you want to go to, find the coaches, send them an email, right? Get them some game film, get them some training film as part of that. Um, you know, that, that's the first and foremost thing. It's, it's in your hands mm -hmm. to put yourself out there. This country is, is big. You know, we live in Pittsburgh. Um, there may be the best goalkeeper fit for Pittsburgh in the middle of Iowa that I've never seen, you know, mm -hmm. but I don't know about right. them until they put themselves out there to me. Um, and then, you know, ha have your coaches uh, call on your behalf. Um, you, right. know, put, you know, get them to reach out through contacts that they have or, finding some way there if they think that you're the right fit for Pitt um, then uh, you know have them reach out as well you know I think those are two things uh, that you can do in this COVID era you have to have video so yeah tape a training session cut up some game film find a way to get yourself some film out to the yeah. coaches in division one we can't go out right now until January 1st right. some of the other divisions two and three can be out there on the road now um and, and I know a lot of them are. I was on a conversation with a, a coach in, in both of those divisions in the last two days. Um, you know, but we can't be out there. So how, how do you uh, how do you put yourself out there is, is getting game film, um, you know, and, and getting some things out there. So really putting yourself on the radar of the coaches is the first part, following up um, and trying to at least have a conversation with those guys or, um, you know, in most most people you know, myself or not, will watch everything that comes through and try to filter right. through whether they're a fit for our university or not. Yeah, I think that's important to remember, too, is that, like, as much as you you might think that you're, what you're get, putting out there is not going to get seen or replied to or read, like, do it anyway, because I, I feel like most of the – most of my colleagues, my contemporaries, people like you, they actually do. They care about what they're doing. They – they make a real effort to read every email and to watch the video. And, you know, so can't stress enough how important it is, but you, but you got to do the work. You got to sell yourself. You got to, you know, get good with your iPhone, get good with your GoPro, edit video, shoot video. Like it's the time that we're in for everything. It's not just, I mean, it's going to be the way the world is run, you know, moving forward. So everybody's got to be good at it. So do the work now. It's only going to help you. Um, I've got to go. I'm going to step out of the meeting. Will, I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to right. let you, uh, if you guys want to talk one more thing or want to go, uh, this will be the best ending the show's ever had. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, thanks, man. Thanks for having I'll me talk on to you man. soon. I'm sorry, guys. I got to go. Uh, see this has been awesome. Wrap it up. All right. We'll see you. All right. So, All right, uh, I got nothing else. Um, I think we kind of ran through all the questions. So, uh, Coach Bahonic, thanks for joining us on GK for free. And uh, 
everybody Thanks else for listening, thank you very much yeah absolutely and uh i'm sure we'll have you on again and i'm sure i'll see you soon maybe i don't know i mean we can't can't come watch games that was it's a bummer too because i had so much fun coming to watch last fall and yeah. um you know be watching from afar espn plus and whatnot yeah. the big acc acc network espn plus that's right. where you can find them now so yeah definitely and so notre dame next right Notre Dame on Saturday night. So we uh, take off tomorrow to head to South Bend to uh, play a very good Notre Dame team. So uh, we're, we're ready for the challenge, and uh, we look forward to the game on Saturday. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, best of luck. Uh, I'm excited to watch. And um, Thanks for having me, Will. And yeah. as always, uh, we'll stay in touch and uh, look forward to being back with you guys at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again. Have a good one. Right. You too. Yep. Take care. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed your time with us here at GK for free. Uh, again, if this was something you enjoyed and, and think really helped add value, uh, we hope that you'll share it with your friends on your socials. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast. Uh, please leave us a review. Uh, we thank you for spending your time with us, and we hope you'll follow us on our socials. Um, see you next time.